0: Morning. For the sake of those who might be guests, my name is uh, Pastor Sean Fenske, one of the four pastors that serve here. Uh, we're in the middle of a, a sermon series right now, a four-week sermon series called Under Construction, the Builder of All Things is God. What we're doing as a church uh, is we wanted to just recognize that the school that we have here is our biggest mission field. Uh, and each year as a school, they have a theme. Uh, And they base their religious instruction and and a lot of their activities on that theme for the year. And just so we grown-ups know what's happening in our schools, um, we wanted to be able to just link in. So they're getting this ideas that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks over the course of the whole academic year. We're getting them in in four weeks. Uh, This is uh, construction today. Uh, As two weeks ago, we talked about demolition. uh, And then we're also preparation last week with Pastor Brad. And today I get to talk about building stuff. Right, before I get into to building stuff, though, I wanted to kind of get an update on what's going on in the Finsky home. I'm going to kind of invite you into to my world uh, a little bit. We've been in the midst of some construction. We have a home that is not accessible for our daughter who who needs to be assisted to get to places, either through wheelchair or picked up and carried. So we did some prep work uh, to get the house ready. We cleared out every furniture piece, every picture off of the wall just to get it ready. They put up some plastic sheeting to protect some areas of the home that aren't going to be touched. And this is the issue that we're facing, um, a real tight hallway you cannot turn a wheelchair in that hallway to get a little one in a wheelchair into their bedroom or the bathroom we have to pick her up and carry her she's pushing 48 pounds it's starting to wear out our joints and we just needed a little extra uh, extra help you as a congregation and the community here in Frankenmuth have made this possible for us to do that uh, and now this is her bathroom right Uh, It's Actually, this is about a week old. There's now uh, some drywall around it and some plumbing that's going to be going in soon uh, just to make it accessible. Uh, And the cool thing is what you see here on the floor. This is a track system that's going to go in the hallway, into her bedroom, the bathroom, uh, and then into the living room. Basically, kind of a harness, and she'll be either able to walk or will be able to scooter uh, safely. Uh, And All made possible through the generous donations uh, and gifts uh, totaling in the neighborhood of $123,000 to help us out as a family. And there is just, yeah. So, there just are not any words, just a a grateful heart. Thank you for loving on my daughter uh, and our family and and stepping into our world just a little bit. Ah, So grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are talking about construction. But the question is, what are we building? Well, the, the verse that I wanted to kind of pass on to you today is from that Matthew chapter 7 passage, verse 24, where it says, Jesus says that whoever hears the words of mine and builds on them will be like a wise man that builds his house on the rock. We're talking about building a relationship. That's what our Christian life is. From the time we take our first breath on this side of paradise to our very end, it's all about building a relationship uh, to our creator, our Lord and Savior Jesus, a life in relationship to God. Now, who does the building? God. God is the builder of all things. We have an active response as, as God works faith in our hearts and allows us to uh, believe in him and, and trust in him and, and recognize that we need a savior. Um, we respond, but we can turn away from it and say, no thanks, God. Yet, through the Holy Spirit, he's continuing to build and, and shape and, and mold us. So we're talking about relationships. God the Creator, God the Father, wants a relationship with his creation. We are part of his creation. We are creatures. We are the crown jewel of God's creation. We, through Adam and Eve, messed it up when we sinned. Uh, that sin has been a weight around our neck and, and a death sentence for us ever since. Um, So God, in his love and his mercy and his compassion, wanted to restore, rebuild, and redeem his creation. So he sends Jesus on our behalf to to foster that relationship with us. And what I'm going to do over the course of our time for the next several minutes together is kind of go down kind of a psychology road uh, and tie it in with some theology um, because we're going to look at relationships and how um, we can help each other out. There's a psychologist uh, who's in the relationship business. He's been in the relationship business for about 40 years, an expert in his field. Uh, his name is John Gottman. He's a Jewish faith by tradition, um, but there's still some some things that we can glean uh, from His work, Uh, this is called the Sound Relationship House. And what he's basically saying, as you build your relationships, you want a relationship that's gonna stand the test of time, stand the challenges and the trials. Uh, And these are some things that you can do. And there's a bunch of different levels uh, that you can see, uh, including walls and and a roof and structure there. We're gonna look, we're gonna simplify this just a little bit, okay? I'm gonna talk about the foundation, the walls, and the roof uh, in terms of our Christian walk relationships this can apply to our marriage relationships it can apply to our coworker relationships our parent child relationships we we have uh, an ability when there's two people involved to enter into each other's world it's an invitation you, you start a communication with somebody you're hoping that they respond in a positive way and you just get this interaction you're entering into their world you're being invited in. You're getting to know them a little bit. So the hope is, as you're building a relationship and getting to know each other, that you're turning towards each other uh, in your conversations. There's a couple of responses when someone talks to you that you can respond with. You can turn towards them, which is an active way of saying, hey, I'm in this with you. You're making eye contact. You're, you're right there. Right? There's another one that's called turning away, which is more of like this mindless Uh, Maybe you're a little preoccupied. Um, You don't mean to fail to connect, but you're failing to connect. And then there's turning against, which is contemptuous. It's negative. It's just, just not a lot of fun to be around. I'm going to give you a handful of examples as we talk about this idea of turning towards, turning away, and turning against. All right? So... I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to just kind of give you these handful of responses. Here's the statement. Just an everyday conversation. Wow, I had an interesting day. So in a turning towards response, you're actually kind of hoping that someone's going to say, hey, yeah, tell me a little bit more about it, you know. I can't wait to hear. A turning away kind of response would be something like this. wow. I had an interesting day. Turning away would be, what's for dinner? Does that happen in your home? It it, it can happen. I mean, even the best of us uh, can do those kind of things. Turning against. So, wow, I had an interesting day. Turning against would be like, every time you come in this home, it's always about you. You can see the negativity there. Here's another one. Just to kind of help understand this just a little bit and and to show that it's not deep stuff. Right? Hey, I heard a pretty good joke. Turning towards the person may even be laughing before they even start. They're just kind of like, Yeah, come on, tell me. Right? A turning away response would be. Hey, I heard a pretty good joke. Here's the response. Kind of ignoring, you're preoccupied, turning away. Turning against, well, don't blow the punchline line and don't quit your day job because you're not a comedian. Do you, you pick up on the negativity? All right. I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice this. All y'all. This is interactive sermon time right here, okay? I'm going to be the parent, you can be the child or the student, and I would like you to give me a turning away response. Let's see if you understand what I'm talking about, okay? What'd you do at school today? And you respond with? Nothing. Maybe AirPods, maybe go back to the, hey boys and girls, when mom's, and dads ask you how your day is going at school or what you did today at school. They're wanting to connect with you. They really are. And you can tell them everything that you did. And, and sometimes we get so caught up in our own worlds that we don't understand that moms and dads want to connect with us or our parents want to connect with us. Uh, and so maybe unplug the AirPods or tune in for just a little bit, even if it's just a minute or two, and just let them know what you did. They really want to know. They want to know what's going on in your world. Uh, and and kind of help you navigate that. All right? So turning towards, turning away, turning against. Let me ask you this. Of all those three that I just shared with you, what do you think kills relationships the quickest? Turning away, turning, toward, uh, turning against. It's actually turning away. And turning against it, it almost hurts too much to interact with the other person, and so you really don't go there. You 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 just kind of tough it out. Eventually, things start to fall, and and it tends to crumble. But you 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 don't want to get hurt, so you don't you don't go there. In a turning away, if all you're ever receiving in a communication in in a relationship is you're being ignored, you're being dismissed, the other person's always preoccupied, you're basically being told you don't matter. And we don't tolerate being told we don't matter. And relationships end to end quicker. My brothers and sisters, that's what we do when we sin. We turn away. When we sin, we're basically saying, God, whatever. Your teachings, this, and that, doesn't really matter. When we go things mindlessly sometimes, not knowing that we're sinning, Sometimes, intentionally knowing that we're sinning, we're basically saying, ah, eh, God, whatever. It doesn't matter. You see, and, and that's no way to have a relationship. God's inviting us in, He wants to know our world. He wants you to know your worlds with one another. And so what we do as we build on that foundation with each other is then we can finally have some structure as we get to know each other. You can build trust. You can build commitment. And when there's trust and when there's commitment, guess what? You can safely navigate through that hard stuff that the other person is experiencing, you're a safe person for them to talk with. Uh, to the, they're sharing their heart. They're, they're, they're connecting with you. There's trust. There's commitment. You're in it together. And eventually, as you build that positive experience, you get to have dreams. Uh, and it just kind of comes to a, a complete picture. Right? We're going to talk about the dream that God has for us next week as Pastor Kaiser talks about um, completion But this is basically our our relationships as a whole between one another and between God our Father, right? Do we turn towards him or turn against or turn away from him? Are we trustworthy as human beings? And when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, no, we're not. No, we're not. That's why Jesus had to come. The only trustworthy one, the only one that's fully committed is the one who resolutely went to the cross on our behalf when we sin, when we turn away from the Lord, it all falls apart. There is no dream of eternal life for us. God had to do something about it, right? And so he continues to build us up. He gives us tools as brothers and sisters. He gives us tools as his children to navigate this life from breath to death. And I'm going to share some of those tools with you, okay? Okay. One of those tools is His Word. I'm just going to read just a handful of scriptures as you see what God does uh, in the midst of turning towards His creation, right? devil caused Adam and Eve to sin. They actually willingly went into it. They turned their back on God. God had uh, words for the devil in Genesis chapter three. He says, I'm gonna put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He's gonna crush your head and you're gonna strike his heel. There's a promise there. Even in the midst of sin and, and God's beautiful creation being messed up, marred, destroyed, God's promising, I'm gonna restore, redeem, and rebuild this and I'm gonna send my son to do it. And then in John three sixteen, some other beautiful passages that we have, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Do you hear God turning towards you, towards the world? God's always turning towards his creation, right? Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So even enemies, God dies for There was a woman who was actually caught in the act of adultery. Her community wanted to see her stoned, taken out, be done with. So they brought her before Jesus, and this is Jesus' response to her. He's starting to write some things in the ground. Maybe they're the Ten Commandments, and the people around are looking and going, oops, that's me. So they start to peel back and walk away. And then finally, Jesus was left alone with her. This is from John chapter 8. The woman was standing before him. Jesus stood up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one to condemn you? And she says, No one, Lord. And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Turning towards a woman, inviting her to repent. There's times in the scriptures where it seems like God is turning against. And let me give you some of those. So, Matthew 12, um, you brood of vipers, Jesus says. How can you speak good when you're evil? Or in Matthew 16, Jesus turning to Peter and saying, get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me because you not know the things of God but of man. That sounds like turning against, but what Jesus is actually doing there is turning towards evil, turning towards them and giving them an opportunity to repent. We can repent or we can turn away. What I don't ever see here is God mindlessly ignoring creation God is never apathetic to anyone you all matter everyone matters in Matthew 7 verse 24 everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man that builds a house on the rock everyone matters he came for everyone Other tools that we have, we got water, basically just an ordinary element where we have this in in God's word washed over us. We're claimed as his dear child. As Lutheran Christians, we recognize that's where our faith begins when we're baptized. We also have another set of tools that we use. This is supposed to be a bottle of wine, but I'm not leaving wine where I can't see it in a box that's unattended, so wine and bread. Bread. Elements, just normal elements that God claimed as his meal to give you the forgiveness of sins, the strengthening of your faith. Right? These are just some amazing tools that God gives us. There's a whole other level that we have of tools, right? Represented here by a cross where a bunch of people are carrying that together. It's the church. We pray for one another. We build up one another. Uh, we, we communicate love and care for one another. There's also things that actually happen in the setting that you may not know are intentionally done, but communicate what's happening theologically. Do you see these white napkins? What are they covering? Bread, okay, the communion elements. This is basically a veil, and if you think back to the Old Testament when God tabernacled with his people when he walked with them and one time a year, the the priest, the high priest would be able to enter into the Holy of Holies and, and give access to God the Father, right? Now because of what Jesus has done every Sunday that we have this, this veil, this tabernacle where God dwelling with his people is accessible to you. This is God's gift for you. Right. We set it aside, we, we, we declare what it is, uh, his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and you come forward and you receive it, you respond to what God is doing to you. God is giving that to you as a gift and we gather in a church on a regular basis to receive that. That's the beauty of what we get to do as a community together. And then we get to go out and show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus, amen? Amen. amen.